Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. So hope you guys are staying safe in this weird time. Uh, thank you so much for everyone who has been sharing the episode on this weird time. I can see listenership has gone through the roof. I think people being a little bit more idle, trying to get in their 2K radius walks. Everyone seems to be listening to a lot more podcasts and stuff like that. So I'm very, very grateful for you guys for, for listening. Uh, so this week is a very special episode. Um, I've been following this lady for quite a while. So her name is Charlotte Fisher. So Charlotte is a health and performance nutritionist. She has an MSc in sport and exercise nutrition from Loughborough University, a BSc in nutritional sciences from Manchester Met Uni, former nutritionist with MNU, which is Martin McDonald's outfit. Everyone who knows me, MNU is, there's a lot of people who are coming on from MNU in the next little while. So I'm very, very grateful for having Charlotte on. Uh, she's an ultra marathon runner in training. And Charlotte is now going out on her own with her company, CF Nutrition. Um, I'll give the details for you guys and put them into the notes if you are impressed with Charlotte's knowledge, which I've no doubt you will be, uh, where you can apply for coaching with Charlotte. So thank you so much for coming on, Charlotte. Thank you for having me. It's nice to be doing some podcasts. How are you keeping in this weird time? Um, it's really odd. I think our lockdown isn't quite as strict as yours. Um, so I have a little bit more freedom to go out and exercise and stuff like that. But yes, it's still... Still, still very strange. I'm really lucky to live on my parents' garden centre, so I have so much room for activities and two doggos to play with. So I'm quite happy, and a cat hates me, so I'm very happy about that. That sounds ideal, <laughs> bar the cat hating you. But that sounds... it could be worse. It's only because I brush her and she doesn't like it. <laughs> um, so Charlotte, I've, I know I've kind of given a brief intro on on kind of your background in kind of nutrition and stuff like that. For anyone that isn't aware of your story, can you kind of go into a little bit more detail for us? Yeah, so I have a really kind of unorthodox, weird entrance into the nutrition world. I applied to do a marine biology degree out of um, sixth form, kind of as every 18-year-old does. I think I was even 17 at the time. Has no idea what they want to do in their adult life, and they just kind of have these things that they think, oh, that sounds cool, I'll do that. So I got a place at Plymouth University to study marine biology, went to the applicant day with my mum and my mum was like you don't like it do you and I was like nope I don't want to go um so I ended up having a year out I deferred my place and again mother fish went you can either work or you can study but you can't doss around for a year what do you like doing and it was kind of like chatting to my head of year at this time and like head of sixth form and they were like well you're in the Oxbridge group like you could be going to Oxford or Cambridge like pick something to do with that and I was like oh, I want to go to college and they're like mm, I don't like that idea I was like nope I'm gonna go and bake at college because I like baking and like that's not a career I was like watch me um I'm one of those people that if someone goes you can't do that I'm like all right well I'm definitely doing that now so <laughs> stuff you um so yeah I went to Leeds City College for a year and studied patisserie and bakery and during that time we did a lot of food science and I realized that I really really enjoyed the food science aspect of it I enjoyed learning about how food worked and I sort of realised that if I wanted to kind of carry that on I was going to have to go into more higher education and um, I did get offered the chance to apply for a job at Warburton's as a development technologist and turn it down because it was just a bit too industrial for my liking Um yeah I had a great time at college got to do loads of stuff did some work with Warburton's went on a two-week exchange to Finland it was amazing but I realised I didn't want to be a shop floor baker um, so yeah, I always thought I'd go into product development side of things. So I went on holiday with my boyfriend at the time, 
and I broke the news to him that we so we were sat at dinner and I was like you know what I think I'd actually quite like to go to uni and he went I can't wait for you for three years so that was an awkward end of the holiday and we broke up and I went to uni um so I I rang Manchester Metropolitan University maybe about a month or two before the course started rang the head of the course and went have you got any places and can I have one and she just kind of went yeah what are your grades and I was like oh AA, AAB I think it was and she's like yeah cool you can have a place and I was like oh well, that was easy that was easier than the first time that we all had to apply through UCAS so yeah I got a place at Manmet sorted everything really really quickly and moved to Manchester about a month later so that's sort of how I got into yeah into nutrition and then it was actually the lovely Amelia Thompson who you might know who she lectured me while I was at Manchester through all three years there she was a lecturer there and she was the one who went if you want to do sports nutrition you have to go to Loughborough and that's how I ended up at Loughborough um and then I guess indirectly that's how I ended up at my nutrition so yeah, that's kind of my weird random background and entry into nutrition geez you've had some uh, high profile mentors with Martin and uh, Amelia yeah I'm really really lucky and I'm lucky to still be able to call them both mentors now so and Amelia, that's amazing Amelia's been on this and she's she's incredible and Charlotte was talking at a you may have been seen on my stories if you were following the stories during the weekend that there was an online kind of um, how do I say this um, music festival or kind of like a nutrition festival um, with all the the main industry leaders and stuff like that and Charlotte was talking on, on that for four hours um, I think I did something like five and a half to six hours in total over the weekend so yes it was a long weekend but I didn't even do as much as some people Simon Simon was Simon. the guy that worked Simon will be coming on the podcast in when he kind of calms down um, and kind of gets some sleep um, so Simon was on his feet for and talking live for probably 14 hours a day I would yeah 8am till about 9.30 10pm I think two days running he's a superhero i've no idea how he does that monster i'm not sure he knew how he did that either no i think, <laughs> I think he, I think he it, underestimated how much talking that was going to be yeah i think i think it's hit him now from from seeing his the, the silence on social media and the silence on from him so yeah it's uh it, it, like, it was incredible and i think he's he's selling those lectures as well if, if people want to kind of have a look at those lectures so iron paradise fitness is his handle on that um it's a weird time out there at the minute and i think there's a lot of bs out there there's a lot of people promoting like immune boosting supplements which i spoke about with jane last on the last um podcast episode and some people can be are kind of a little bit lost for motivation um motivation is kind of one of those weird words um, but a lot of people are struggling for accountability as well they feel that they may not be able to progress or do anything with kind of home workouts they may not have the likes of a bench or they might not have kettlebells or barbells or dumbbells or whatever it may be how important is kind of accountability during this time and coaching and potentially signing up with a coach at this time I completely understand what you mean about motivation being a little bit lacking at this time um, my ultramarathon got cancelled which was meant to be in July which I signed up for last July so I've been training for this for a year and it's almost like you get this weird post-marathon blues without ever having done the marathon so yeah I completely understand that motivation can be lacking and motivation wanes 
I think one of the key things to do to stay accountable is to change the goalposts because everything is different now and whether we like it or not things have been cancelled and things have changed so we're going to have to reset our goals slightly to realign with that and you don't have to just get accountability from a coach you can get it from family who you can have this social support as well I know a lot of people have moved back in with their families so you can socially support each other you don't have to get a coach but a coach can make it easier to get the correct information and because a lot of people are home all the time they're bored they have easy access to the fridge and you have an hour a day to go outside and exercise and some people just really can't be bothered because there's sort of nothing to exercise for at the minute because no one's got any goals everyone's goals have been thrown out the window so yeah having a coach can really help to keep you accountable it's not essential but it's definitely something to consider at the moment um yeah just to kind of keep you moving in the right direction i don't think anyone's going to make ginormous progress with anything physical at the minute but you can stop yourself from backsliding massively yeah i i think with the kind of the physical side I think you're, you may not make massive progress depending on what, what kind of equipment. So I'm lucky enough, I have still have the bench from when I was like 15 years of age still at home, uh, which I didn't get used when I was 15, but it, I can still kind of work on the basic stuff. Um, but I think what a lot of people can potentially do now is try to kind of hold themselves accountable to themselves if they're not going to work with a coach and try to set a routine and try to, even if they have got kids, to try and try and cook new recipes or so that they have those recipes when things go back to normal um, and kind of have those meals ready have those meals kind of they know how to make them in say 10-15 minutes so they know they can just throw them into a slow cooker or whatever it may be and they'll have that in their repertoire but I think it's important that we do keep kind of moving as much as possible like in Ireland we're on near I hate the word lockdown but we are kind of a little bit uh, a little bit more on lockdown than the UK but we can still move around we can still go for walks we can still make sure that we're kind of doing what we can and there's so many home workouts out, out there that i think everyone is putting home workouts on i think you're you're weird if you're not putting home workouts on if you're in the fitness industry yeah i would agree with that although i don't like doing home workouts I, I i personally don't like recording them um i, I it's weird it's like we're talking off air i don't like talking to the camera yeah i don't i can talk to the camera um but yeah i find exercising on camera really awkward yeah and then you're kind of like you're critical of your own form you're like that's not right and you're like i'm just throwing this up i just i just need to to, to get the, the exercise out and stuff like that i think that it's great that the the industry is pushing out those kind of workouts and stuff and some people doing lives and i did my first ever live online class with my clients last saturday i couldn't see any of them so I was talking to a screen. Yeah. So it was it's really a, odd. It was really weird from, from going from like teaching like 40 people in a gym to being looking at a screen. It was it was bonkers. Yeah. I, th I also feel like a massive imposter doing it because my background is nutrition or like my qualifications are in nutrition. I've been an athlete my entire life, but I have no qualifications in training or exercise. So I'm very good at exercising. I just I'm, I'm not in any way qualified to teach other people how to do it. So I feel like I'd be perceived as like a huge stay in your lane imposter if I started trying to put out workout videos. I do some running tips and stuff, but yeah, workout videos from home are not my not my domain. 
I think any help that people can get at the minute but it'll be interesting to see what the stats are that how many people have actually used the the, the, the ones that they've saved I'd love to see the stats of people when they save workouts how many of them actually go back to use them yeah I, I definitely saw maybe it was from Jamie Alderson a post on this that was like nobody goes back and does the workouts they've saved and I yeah I probably agree with that I yeah. definitely saved stuff even things like recipes I've saved loads of recipes and just never been back and done them yeah no I think Jamie said it on the weekend I think that's where I heard the potentially where he, he said it um but it did resonate with me because if you think about it, if, if I look back through my phone and what, what kind of content there was, if there was a workout or if there was a recipe or was, if there was a post that resonated with me, I would, I'd have to go and figure out where are my saved posts. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't know how to get there. Uh, yeah, I can see as well. If I go back into my saved posts, I can see when I've gone through phases of things. So I can see when I've been looking specifically for recipes that involve some kind of weird vegetable that I had. Um, and, yeah that you can see like the transition of phases of like different types of memes and like baby yoda memes and things like that and recipes that involve chocolate when i'm on my period and really want some chocolate <laughs> those kind of things uh, we all yes. love, we all love chocolate so, so that's all good um and kind of kind of going on to kind of from that's a perfect link into the kind of the next question is a great way to kind of remove guilt from dessert or chocolate is to kind of normalize it and this was one of your posts a little while ago and i think the language people use around food is is sometimes not great and some people need to we all need to work on language whether it's talking to ourselves whether it's how we talk to others how we talk about food but can you kind of expand kind of how to remove guilt from dessert and food in general yeah so I think, I don't know if it's just the fitness industry or if it's the wider population in general, but we seem to have created sort of the opposite of a health halo around dessert. So a health halo is when we give something like this health-like status. So it kind of happened with coconut oil and avocado and sourdough bread, weirdly, and those kind of things. And there have been different health halo foods over time. So we've sort of done the opposite with dessert and demonized it. Um, and when I say dessert, I don't mean like having zero um, percent fire with some whey protein and some frozen mixed berries. That's not dessert. I mean like cheesecake and having chocolate and eating a Mars bar or having a um, white chocolate magnum or something like that. Um, like highly palatable, calorically dense foods that we probably shouldn't eat that much of in our kind of current situation. If we're looking to maintain our weight, it probably isn't conducive to those kind of things, but it should definitely be part of our diets if we want them to be. So yeah, we've created this opposite of a health halo around dessert, and then we shame people who eat it because they're not dedicated. Um, I have dessert every day, occasionally twice a day. Um, and I actually did a post this morning that said something along the lines of, if sugar was inherently fattening, then... Why would I? Why was I forty nine kilos when I was working as a pastry chef and eating predominantly dessert and white bread and white rice with a little bit of fish mixed in? Like why? It's it's not a thing. Um. So yeah, your perception of restriction dictates its impact. So as soon as you start restricting foods, um, you create this restrictive mindset. It's kind of like as soon as you tell a child that it can't have sweets, what does it want? It wants the sweets and we're still those children we're just taller and wiser than those children but we still have those sort of 
childlike behaviours. They've done studies in this, and as soon as you tell a group of dieters that they can't have bread, all they want is bread. So you just have to remove these rules. So by normalising dessert and making it part of your life, you take away the power from it, and you take away the godlike status that you've given it. Yeah, it's kind of like... It's kind of like the analogy of when you're told not to press the big red button, you're going to press that big red button repetitively and just kind yeah. of go off the off the rails with it. But like the language that people use towards food, like yeah. I know from talking to people when I kind of have the online sign up the form and stuff like that, the language they use toward foods is like, I, sh- I know I shouldn't be having this. I'm like, no, no, you can have the food like this food is there as fuel. It's not there to be demonized. It's not there to be the media have demonized it. And there yes. are particular companies and brands out there that have jumped on that bandwagon and have demonized. Jason Monroe has done a full blown half an hour rant on one company completely. And, and yeah. Charlotte knows uh, Jason pretty well. So uh, if you want to listen to a full blown rant on a particular uh, dieting brand or uh, dieting company, uh, go to that Jason Monroe's episode. Um, I had to I had to calm Jason down. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, but like, I'm definitely it, gonna go back and listen to that. Yeah, it's like, it's the we had. There's a like, there is a lot. Like the, the, you mentioned the word halo, and I think that's exactly what it is. That people want to see food as black and white. They want yeah. to see everything as black and white. But they partic- want it to be good or bad. Yeah, in order to to kind of fuel their vision of what food is, um, and they want to use the word treat. And that's and cheat, which I hate. Yeah, that the, the the two like you, Charlotte's done bodybuilding or gone up on stage and stuff like that previously. So they're two words that are used in the fitness industry in that industry in particular. And to kind of have you got any tips on how to kind of work on your phrasing or work on your wording around kind of food and your sigmas and stuff like that? You have to be super conscious of it, and it does take a lot of conscious effort. But it's mostly about noticing your language. Um. So you do have to do this proactively as you're speaking about food. But if it's, it's kind of about reframing those phrases. So if you find yourself going, I can't have that because it's bad, um, look at that and go, why do I think that's bad? And what actually is bad about it? Like, what is the worst thing that could happen? So for a lot of people, if they're going to have dessert, they worry that it then opens the dessert floodgate. So they think the bad thing is that... I then start eating loads and loads and loads of it and I can't control myself and then I get fat and honestly if fat is the worst thing that a human can be I think we need to reassess slightly so yeah you can stop using words like it's bad and start using words like it's less nourishing or it's it's not the healthiest option that I could choose um in terms of like it's it's less nutritious but it's still a good food. There are probably, so there's no bad bad foods, but there are kind of bad diets as a whole. So you have to start having a more holistic view of what you're eating. So as opposed to going, that's bad, go, hmm, is this the best thing that I could possibly have? Probably not, but do I want it? Yes. And is it going to satisfy me? Yes, most likely. And is it available? And is the better option available? Um, so yeah, you just start having to be a little bit more aware of your language around food i think now with people being potentially a little bit more idle or being on furlough they Mm. are kind of wandering around the house aimlessly they're kind of taking breaks from looking at netflix or taking breaks from 
trying not to strangle their kids and they're kind of going for the presses and stuff like that and have you got any tips for navigating kind of un unconditional permission to eat and i think that's one thing that kind of a lot of people potentially are struggling with and a lot of people struggle with generally anyway yeah so i can see why unconditional permission to eat would be harder at the minute with people being less active and going i'm there i'm less active therefore i need less calories therefore i i shouldn't eat as much um so then they automatically gravitate towards eating lower calorie foods um yeah i think people are worried that when they first give themselves unconditional permission to eat they'll find that they want to eat everything and then i'm saying this like in inverted commas binge um so yeah kind of feel like they've lost control a little bit and eat the entire packet of biscuits instead of just the two that they'd sort of planned to have in their head but you have to remember that what you planned to have in your head was just a kind of made-up construct that you decided you just sort of decided an arbitrary number of i'm going to have three squares of chocolate and leave it there um so you didn't fail because you didn't stick to an arbitrary number so yeah people just feel like massive failures but if you go to have two biscuits and you eat the whole packet of biscuits you have to keep going i'm not saying you have to then eat another packet of biscuits but like if that happens then it happens and so be it and it's part of the process and it simply means that your brain is working exactly as it should be so like congratulations you're a fully functional human being um this is just what's meant to happen when we let go of restriction around food it's natural to crave everything and anything that you haven't allowed yourself to have previously so yeah like practical tips to navigate it it's to reflect on what's happening at the time so you can i think it's um one of amelia's coaches that talks about intent a lot you can reflect on the intention behind your actions and say things like is this serving me like why am i eating what is the purpose of this food is it to is it to quell physical hunger in which case you might not be eating enough throughout the day is it uh to fix boredom in which case why are you bored go do something else um be less maybe like be less boring as horrible as that is to, to say but yeah find other things to fill the void and not food that things that are more conducive to your goals so like take up knitting learn to cross stitch go start the book that you've always wanted to write but you've never had the time to do um and yeah and reflect on those kind of things and address the root causes of those instead of just trying to use food as a coping mechanism and you can also reflect on what happens so you can turn turn one quote that i like is that you can turn knowledge into wisdom through experience so you might know that eating the entire packet of biscuits probably isn't the best thing for you and then by doing that you get the wisdom of going yeah i did that and it turns out that wasn't the best thing for me it made me feel like rubbish um so yeah and then reflect on the good times as well so if you have a day where you are having a strong day and you're managing to kind of just have the two biscuits and just have a little bit of ice cream after tea and moderating things more appropriately then reflect on why that was a good day and what kind of things happened that day to make it a good day like were you busy all day did you have the kids running around were you I don't know did you go out for your hour of exercise and that made you feel good and that increased your self-esteem so you didn't self-sabotage later in the day yeah all those kind of things yeah. it's it's uh it's mad how when we are idle food is the first thing like it is it is stem from us from like the caveman times and stuff like that if you kind of 
you can do there's so much research on that kind of stuff but it is mad that we that is their first point of call um, and one of the, the things that I've kind of I talk about a lot is the kind of the whole system uh, yeah. to use if you're hungry angry lonely or tired and I had Joe our head first on recently who's a psychologist to talk about it in a little bit more detail on how to actually apply it um, and it's, it's incredible to hear from that perspective as well but I think people need to be you wouldn't talk to your friends the way you talk to yourself once you've kind of overindulged and, yeah. you, and you wouldn't talk to yourself the way you talk to you wouldn't talk to others the way you talk to yourself in general and how you look and how you look in the mirror but yet so many people are so self-critical even if they potentially have had like a pb or a personal best in the gym or they their quads are starting to pop or their arms are starting to pop or whatever we almost go for this little oh i've got this ridge of belly fat that i'm not unha i'm unhappy with or i'm not looking great in this picture and i don't think social media is helping the whole situation but definitely not, definitely not. i don't think it's doing enough i had renee mcgregor on and we we went on a rant about social media um and it was great to ha have her on from from being she's incredible what she does but how like have you got any tips on what you can do to kind of accept what your body is today in order to kind of be a little bit more comfortable in your own skin so something that i found was a little bit of a game changer for me was going on holiday recently um so i went away to mexico with my nutrition and then went to vietnam and i was on the beach in a bikini quite a lot of the time and i was kind of looking around and i was like i am not disgusted with any of these women's bodies um or any of these men's bodies so yeah think about how you would view other people's bodies and it's like yeah I have hang-ups about my own body so I'm what I would call like a socially acceptable body type I'm reasonably athletic looking I'm a healthy weight whatever healthy weight means but yeah I'm, I have quite good body image I have my days where it doesn't quite work but yeah generally I have good body confidence but I still have my hang-ups so I I fat pattern like a female, I hold fat on my hamstrings um, and on my bum and that's the first place it goes and I've always been conscious of that. Um, my teenage nickname was Thunder Thighs, thanks to my three sisters for giving me that and giving me all those body hangups. But yeah, um, look at other women's bodies, that sounds creepy, don't look at them in that way. But if you're on the beach, like, just notice and notice your lack of disgust with their body because I think it'll surprise you. So yeah, like your body's yours. You might not want someone else's body, but you're not repulsed by it in the same way that you might be repulsed by your own if you look in the mirror. But yeah, um, it's a bit of a mindset game changer. Is accepting your body as it is, and accepting it doesn't mean that you have to stop working on it. It just means that this is what it is today, and that's fine. It's like whatever you do, as like without chopping off a leg, you literally can't change your body in this instant. So I'm I'm stuck with this for today. This is this is it. That's fine. Um, but your actions today can make it change for tomorrow. So you have to embrace those changes and approach change with from a place of self love and self compassion. Because you, if you approach your body with self hate, you're just going to fall into this sabotage of uh, this cycle of self sabotage. And I'm completely not a psychologist. As much as I'd like to study more in that area, everything that I do is self taught. Um, but yeah, embracing change from with self-love and self-compassion and approaching change with curiosity as well. Like a lot of people run up, like see the things that they don't like and try and run away from them. 
but what you can do is move towards it with curiosity and explore why you feel like that about your body so if you look in the mirror and you go I have a little muffin top and I hate it explore why you hate it do you hate it because it doesn't serve a purpose to you or do you hate it because now magazine told it told you that you should be trying to get rid of it and what's really wrong with it yeah i i like that now it's like i i've won like from from personal experience doing like the photo shoot and stuff like that the last part of my body to get properly lean was my stomach everywhere else was yeah. was lean but all i could do was keep going and keep going but like there was there was a point where i was like this isn't worth it anymore i could have gone down another few kilos it's like i'm gonna i'm miserable where i am now if i dropped down anymore it wasn't attainable i wasn't maintainable either and i wasn't going to be happy i wasn't potentially happy at that weight that i was at for the, for the sake of putting on fake tan and shaving my legs and shaving my body it's 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 so silly what we do to ourselves in order to think society's view of perfection because of social media magazines the media all that kind of stuff but it's funny how that kind of comes into our sphere and then that's how we talk to ourselves but even though i could be leaner i could be bigger at, at this age i'm quite comfortable in as you've said having chocolate including in my routine having chocolate with my breakfast and having two squares of chocolate with my porridge and stuff and including those foods i enjoy um and right now no one's going to see you anyway with your clothes off <laughs> yeah like exactly. the dating world doesn't exist at the minute unless you're doing i don't know sexy time via house party or whatever but it doesn't exist at the minute so you're not going to be stripping down for anyone but you have to you have to speak to yourself a little bit better and if you are really struggling i would advise to go to kind of a mental health professional as charlotte said like neither of us are like trained psychologists or anything like that but it is important that if you really really do struggle with this you can curl to curtail what information you're taking in whether it is social media audit do social media audits curtail who you are talking to if someone is having a negative impact on how they're talking to you and potentially you're latching on to what that person is saying and then question why that person is why that comment is kind of hurting you like if i called charlotte a purple powder bear right now charlotte would it, it doesn't hurt me because i'm not a purple polar bear exactly so like what and if, but if i if you called me bald i'd be like yeah yeah I am bald. Thanks for that, yeah. Charlotte. Thanks for reminding me. It's true. <laughs> yeah, it hurts. Tears streaming down my face right now. But like, it, it, you have to address why certain stigmas and certain words and certain senses are are hurting you or are kind of attached. You feel that they're getting attached to where you're at. Um, and I think one thing that a lot of people struggle with is is patience, and a lot of people put dieting and and search for the perfect diet they put that out there and they're like like no there's no such thing as a straight line of progress progress is going to be ups and downs and ups and downs what and you got to learn more from the, the the lows than you do from the kind of the the ups but is there any way to kind of like stop looking for the perfect diet because it doesn't exist and i know you've written a post on this as well yeah um yeah it doesn't exist the thing I really love about nutrition is that there are principles and there's things like physiology and psychology and thermodynamics and like psychology is probably the most changeable one out of all of them but like the principles and the physiology don't change so as long as you can make things fit 
around those principles that there's no rules about how we should eat and all those rules were probably like every single diet that exists was made up by someone and like the more rubbish ones were probably invented by someone called like susan or karen or something like that but <laughs> don't spit the water out <laughs> sorry charlotte got me with a mouthful of water when she said that <laughs> yeah like there's there isn't any rules and someone else invented that and made that up and went everyone should do this and everyone was just enough of a sheep to go yeah we'll try that so you can just make your own protocol up um one thing that i love about one of my clients is that i'll kind of suggest things and he'll come back to me and be like mm, this isn't quite working can i do this and i'm like yeah he's like oh cool what protocol is that and i'm like it isn't you just made it up and he's like oh okay and he's kind of starting to, this you can see it clicking in his brain that as long as he adheres to the principles he can do whatever he wants to kind of get to his goals so like having the goal of weight loss all you have to do is stay in a calorie deficit and it doesn't matter if you get there by having three days at 500 calories and then eating in what would look like a surplus for the rest of your days um you get to do whatever you want so as long as it doesn't cause you harm you can you can do that yeah it's like when it comes to actually stopping looking for the diet it might be helpful just to stop dieting altogether and just practice eating like a regular human being i think something we're really like guilty of in the fitness industry is trying to incorporate too many fitness foods in their life and i know people that have now are in the fitness space like live on their own have complete control of their own nutrition and have moved back in with their parents while lockdown's going on um like most people have moved away from london and stuff and they're finding that their parents just eat normal food and maintain their body weight and it's like oh cool so we you mean i don't have to have a whey protein shake every meal no you don't but protein pancakes no you literally don't have, to have protein pancakes you can have normal pancakes and people are starting to realize i think i think that's a massive bonus of this lockdown is that we're starting to eat more like our parents and grandparents with a kind of meat meat potatoes and two veg approach and just eating normal foods so yes yeah, stop dieting and practice just eating and living that's that's potentially one positive out of the situation that i didn't necessarily think of is yeah like go back to kind of what your parents are eating like um but just be mindful of the portions because sometimes with the the, the parents especially the mommy cooking is yes. the big old plates of food and especially when you're a little bit smaller i know when i go up to my auntie's for dinner and my brother goes up with me she's like these guys don't eat at all so she's like puts on like five dinners for us yes and it's like oh they're so skinny they need to eat everything now because <laughs> that so, would make sense <laughs> yes um yeah so mums like being feeders and i'm one of those people i'm such a feeder i love feeding people um That's i'm gonna have to be careful chef. with overfeeding my kids when i have them but yeah um yeah just m- learn to moderate your own portion sizes so you can portion out your own food that somebody else cooks that's probably not an issue you can just just ask them and don't feel rude for asking people if you can portion it out yeah and at the same time if someone has cooked a ginormous spread and there's bits of it that you don't want you don't have to eat them out of politeness that's something huge that i've learned my dad got pork pies yesterday and i just wasn't in the mood for a pork pie so i didn't have a pork pie and i think he was mildly offended that i didn't have one but i was like i just didn't really fancy one and that's i think a huge a huge thing that I've realised is that I don't have to eat things just to make other people happy 
Yeah, they think... love me regardless of whether I eat the roast dinner or not. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are. I know I've had probably two or three incidents with the clients and stuff like that that they've started up new relationships and they've gone over to the the boyfriend or the girlfriend's house and they've met the in-laws for the first time and they've put on this massive like roast dinner with like cheesecake galore or chocolate pudding cake or whatever yeah. and they're they feel uncomfortable they have felt uncomfortable in the situation that they, they wanted to say kind of say i'm only going to eat x say three quarters i was on the plate and because yeah. the plate was literally just like they sent me a picture of one of the plates and i was like that is a lot of food that is that is bulking hard um but like it sometimes we have to be put ourselves as a priority in those situations and don't be afraid to to say no but like if that if that person has taken offense to it it's only going to be a f- for a short time and if you can explain and if they ask for an explanation which i doubt they will they won't i doubt they will that they won't um they, I don't think they will ask for an explanation, but you shouldn't have to explain yourself either. It's also kind of, if they take offence to something that you do, it's sort of not your problem. Yeah, it's like the purple polar bear. Yeah, it's it's really not your problem. Yeah, it always freaks me out going round to somebody else's house for dinner, and the fact that I'm going to be offered the serving bowls first to serve myself out, and it's like, oh no, now I'm this is a test to see what I think an appropriate portion size is because I'm the nutritionist, <laughs> and then. I always, I'm really bad for it. I'll take less than I actually want or need just to be polite. And then everyone else will start getting loads and I'm like, oh, look, I'm going to have to go sec- back for seconds now. <laughs> Do you find that when you're out for, say, dinner with your mates or when when we were allowed outside um, or when you're out and about with friends or whatever and you go out for food or whatever, that they're kind of looking at what you've ordered and like, are you sure you can have that? <laughs> Um, so I think a lot of my friends I'm lucky are in the nutrition space as well so I think it's a completely non-judgmental world that we live in and yeah there is always this little bit of you feel like you have to keep up appearances as a nutritionist it's like the person that I'd mainly go out for dinner with would be Louis who worked with me at my nutrition and he's celiac so he's kind of limited in what he can eat a lot of the time um but yeah, we we are very non-judgmental with each other, and sometimes no one knows each other's circumstances. Like he doesn't know whether I've been in bed all day watching Netflix or whether I've done a fifty k run that day. He like I'll probably he probably knows because I'll tell him. But like nobody knows your personal scenario, and nobody knows if you've eaten anything else that day. So yeah, like don't feel pressured. I think a lot of people in the fitness industry feel, feel pressured to keep up appearances, and it's like oh I'll just have the salad. No, eat what you want, and if people have a problem with that, that's their problem, not your problem. Yeah, I'm, I'm delighted you've said that sentence. That's their problem, not your problem. Um, one thing that we've we've spoken about kind of board a meeting already. Um, yeah. do you have any practical tips on to deal with kind of the boredom eating in this whole scenario? Is there two or three kind of goals and rules for you that you're kind of applying to yourself, or is there anything that you're applying with your clients at the minute? Um. So there's the kind of the 15 minute rule, which I'm sure you might have heard about, which is just wait 15 minutes, distract yourself for 15 minutes, do some kind of menial, trivial task. And it sort of allows you to distinguish between, okay, in 15 minutes, I'm actually still hungry or I'm actually still craving that thing. So if you you get to the end of 15 minutes when you've folded the washing or done that trivial task or emptied the dishwasher, 
then by all means have some food and have the food that you want um yeah distract yourself start some work distraction is a big one when it comes to board meeting um find something else to do it doesn't have to be a lot of people feel like they have to distract themselves with these immense physical tasks like going for a run and then they put off going for a run because it's hard just find something easy to do like reading a book and I know a lot of people might not find reading a book easy so I don't know like empty the dishwasher stack the dishwasher go outside and go for a walk and I know that that is something that we're a little bit more limited with at the moment but the nice weather coming you can just go sit outside for a bit that's a bit of a garden to do it yeah just remove yourself from the environment yeah it's always helpful yeah I think I think that's exactly what it is remove yourself from that use the 15 minute rule um and do something else like if you don't like reading listen to a podcast if you don't like podcasts watch youtube if you don't like youtube watch netflix if you don't like netflix watch disney there's so many different alternatives to it yeah Uh, i know that people say only boring people get bored and i think that's kind of it doesn't really apply in this situation because a lot of the options that we would have had have been taken away from us but yeah, you just have to be a little bit creative and find alternatives. If you are, I don't want to use the word dedicated, but if you are kind of committed to overcoming boredom meeting, it takes a bit of effort. It doesn't just sort of happen. You have to find other things to do. And I think now is potentially like the best time to reach out to say friends, family or whoever you haven't spoken to in a while. And that could yeah. be one thing you could do. So say, particularly in the evenings, potentially when people have who are still working, um, potentially reach out to those, particularly the older, the older generation, because they could be living on their own and you don't know what the circumstances are. So it's important to kind of reach out to those as well, um, which hopefully a lot of people are doing. I know we've got a WhatsApp group on the estate here because there's a good few older people. They won't like me calling them older people, but there are a lot of older people on the road. Um, so just making sure that everyone has their shopping done. Um, it's it's quite sweet. Um, and I can see some of them are a little bit scared when you kind of walk past them on the on the path and stuff to kind of they kind of step out of the way but that's not me walking down the street like Richard Ashcroft in Verve but um, the, there's a lot of weight stigma out there at the minute yes there is and it's on both extremes yeah there's the overweight extreme and then there's the skinny person I personally have had the skinny person stigma attached yeah so have I it's it's not great so have you have you got any tips on how to deal with the 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 weight stigma from either perspective i know you've got the skinny perspective so you may as well talk about kind of your own experiences because i think that will probably that will resonate with a lot more people if you talk from from your own personal perspective yeah so weight stigma does affect people at both ends of the spectrum um i'm very aware of my privilege and how it might of my privilege and how it might make it looked like I could never be sympathetic or empathetic to a fatter person because I'm just another skinny blonde white girl on the internet um but yeah so my experience of thin privilege is last August I was in hospital with a kidney infection and um yeah just kind of like burnt out got this infection couldn't get rid of it passed out on the floor of Leicester A&E um it was not good I ended up in hospital for about a week and on my notes when I was admitted to hospital they put me down as a sub 50 kilo patient because no one had either 
weighed me or bothered to ask me what my weight was and therefore I didn't get the correct doses of medication and painkillers that I needed because they had me down as I'm I'm probably around 60 kilos because they had me down as being like 10 to 15 kilos less which obviously merited way less painkillers which weren't as effective for me um so yeah that's an example of underweight stigma in sort of a medical perspective and I understand that a lot of more overweight or heavier people have medical related weight stigma as well in that any medical conditions are just sort of passed off as being like oh if you just lose some weight it'll sort itself out um which for some people and some conditions like there are some chronic disease states that we know are improved by weight loss for example type 2 diabetes and pcos um and this is kind of something i have an issue with where the hayes kind of hayes uh mentality and hayes principles doesn't align with treating these conditions because Hayes kind of says like you shouldn't pursue weight loss you should pursue health but then if weight loss like will improve health like where does this all fit in um yeah you get thin privilege and you can get weight stigma from being thin and there's also this thing called fit shaming which I don't know if anyone's experienced this but basically people go oh you're going to the gym again it's like yeah I am soz that's but then if you said to this to someone who is fatter if you went oh are you eating again i'm gonna get so much hate for this <laughs> um, but they went yeah are you eating again that'd be seen as being really rude whereas going oh you're going to the gym again is seen as being like oh i'm just joking it's just banter and it's like mm, it's not and my older sister said to me yesterday about the whole pork pie thing she just went oh it doesn't have the right macros and i was like yeah, it probably doesn't have the right macros for Charlotte. She's a nutritionist, and it's like, see, that's kind of stigma as well. Stigma against my job and my profession, and like thin stigma, weight stigma on the thin end of the, of the uh, scale. But yeah, I've got to a point previously. I don't feel it as much now, where I felt a little bit ashamed to f- show photos of my body, even if I wasn't promoting my body, um, because I'm a socially acceptable weight, and I'm probably seen as like body goals for quite a few people that sounds really big-headed but yeah like that's kind of like a weight stigma issue and there there should yeah weight weight stigma can cause physical and mental issues irregardless of what your weight is so it can worsen health can the actual stigma um which then leads to things such as like increased risk of cardiovascular disease and though all those kind of things um, and that can happen regardless of whether you're thin normal weight or fat it's yeah. it's funny that you mentioned the the going to the gym or you're going to oh, shane's going to the gym again or charlotte's going to the gym again and that's like they make it sound like it's a bad thing that you're trying to improve your either mental health or your strength or how you want to look all that kind of stuff but everyone has a choice in how they want to look and the hate the the Hayes method that um charlotte mentioned it was health at every size um and i don't know where i sit on the fence i don't i think i sit on the fence with because i don't i don't think i fully understand the premise yeah so basically the premise of health at every size movement is that we can improve our health without like independent of weight loss so we don't have to lose weight in order to improve our health we can 
do healthy things that don't lead to weight loss but will improve health as a whole whether that's physical health or social health so that's things like eating more vegetables and taking a fish oil supplement and those sort of things and getting some movement in and the thing that yeah kind of I find difficult is that the Hayes movement tends to be focused on fatter people and a lot of them it's a very sort of religious way of thinking and it's a very emotional subject for a lot of people and there tends to be this sort of aggressive promotion of fat bodies which stigmatizes thin ones and I've had a lot of hate from people in who are fatter for saying that but the whole point is that we're supposed to be moving away from val- from validating people's opinions and experiences based on their body size so the fact that we're still doing that by fat people going um I'm not gonna like you shouldn't be trying to lose weight I think is something that happens a lot so the Hayes principles says that if you lose weight as a byproduct then okay but then I've known people within the Hayes community who've been shunned by the Hayes community for losing weight as a result of these healthier behaviors that they've implemented or by going you know what something that would improve my health is that is if I lost weight so I'm going to strive for some weight loss and then the Hayes community go "Mm, that doesn't align with us bye and that can't be good for anyone's mental health either being told by the community that you felt you yeah were part of that you can't be part of anymore that that seems like it's just putting another label onto something that is already a label either skinny or healthy or overweight or whatever it may be and I think so many people just want to attach a label to something at this stage whether they go keto whether they want to go intermittent fasting whether they want to go caveman or whatever the bloody hell it is whatever people want to do and it works for them and you are healthy and whatever you want to do like as long as you're not an extremist and there's so many extremists out there it's very hard extremes seem to be normal moderation seems to be difficult yeah humans like extremes humans don't like sitting in the gray area we're really good at this all or nothing approach and there seems to be the development of this sort of like you can't sit with us mentality if you don't um belong to one particular crowd but i think people just need to stop assigning a label and stop identifying so heavily with their body weight or how they eat or their their kind of fitness preferences so i would i don't think there's anything wrong with identifying as being something like a runner and being like oh yeah i am a runner or i am somebody who knits or i am somebody who likes reading or i am somebody who is academic i think that's entirely fine but i think then because non-judgmental things um you wouldn't judge if someone i am someone who likes to read you wouldn't probably go that's funny that's hilarious well, we're not going to value your opinions because you read books. Um, or as someone who goes, I guess there is still some sort of social, weird social constructs about people who read versus people who prefer watching Netflix. Um, yeah. yeah, we just value opinions too heavily based on people's preferences and likes and bodies. Like, I don't think everybody has the choice over their body weight. I think there is some element of choice. Um, but for a lot of people based on things like their genetics and their lifestyle, which again is sort of a choice, but also sort of not really. If your job is, if you're good at being 
an office clerk and that means that you sit at a desk all day and you also have two kids that you need to look after so you don't particularly have time to exercise that much there's sort of an element of choice and an element of non-choice because your situation sort of dictated your body weight so yeah I don't think everybody can choose their body weight some people just genetically have higher appetites um and it's more difficult to regulate appetite for some people um I'm really lucky that I fall into this bracket of I kind of find it easy to maintain a healthy body weight um yeah I haven't always been skinny I went through a few like chunky teenage phases so <laughs> yeah I've kind of forgotten what the question was I just sort of went off on a ramble about I, I, I don't, don't like weight stigma the last thing I said to Charlotte before we went we went on was like go off on tangents and I knew a tangent was going to happen so I'm delighted it happened towards the end um, the last question is I think this is mentioned an awful lot on social media mentioned an awful lot on messages that are coming through from friends family social media DMs whatever it may be is is now the time with kind of the coronavirus kind of out there at the minute is now the time to potentially lose weight um are you ready for the best fitness answer ever it depends it's I knew that, that was coming. it's that nutrition answer isn't it like everything depends on context um and without context you can't give a yes or no answer to that question um so i think a lot of people are currently either promoting weight loss or promoting now's the time to not lose weight and I don't think anyone should be promoting either because ultimately it's not your decision it's the person who's like contemplating its decision and um, now might be a good time for some people to start contemplating it because we've got more free time so we have time to do things like sit and plan out meals and people have time to learn so people have time to listen to things like podcasts and go oh actually I just need to create a calorie deficit and it, I don't have to go keto. That's cool. Um, learn that because I've got more free time. So you don't have to go whole hog right now. Um, potentially a bit less work stress for people who are off work. So you, you have time to start thinking about it and planning it out. You don't necessarily have to go all in right now because things like food availability and it generally being a bit of a stressful and traumatic time for everybody might make it a not good time to start losing weight but you can start thinking about it for sure if you want to if that's a goal that you have I don't think there's ever really a, there might be bad times there, there are times that are better than others but yeah like if you want to start now it's as good a time to, as any to start because we're probably never going to have this much free time again yeah. until next time on holiday yeah and you, you could you could you could get the basics um particularly if you are working with someone like a coach or whatever you could be working with those um to try to work on your habits a little bit more that could be a little bit more accountability because potentially they are having downtime as well in that yeah. they'll be a little bit more responsive let's say if that person was a face-to-face -face pt they could be doing sessions all day and then kind of only coming back to you later in the evening that person could be off now and then they could be kind of being able to send pictures of your food and work on your portions a little bit more and be a little bit more have have daily or weekly Skype calls or weekly classes or being able to kind of do the online workouts or whatever it may be. Like there's there's there is a wrong time to lose weight. Um, so I 100% agree with that. And it all depends on where your headspace is at. And there are people who are taking financial hits and financial cuts at the minute. Um, and there's the other argument is that 
there's a lot of people who no one's going out at the minute so that's yeah. that's where I'm spending anything apart from groceries exactly so unless you're buying loads of stuff off like boohoo and asos and stuff like that yeah but you're going nowhere i was in prime membership being used to yeah it. i think i need to stop looking at amazon to buy books i really need to stop buying books um but like it, it everyone has has a choice and it has to be it has to be for you and i think people sometimes can potentially jump into things particularly when it's kind of weight loss or muscle gain or whatever it may be because someone else trying to push their goals onto someone so you have to understand that it is for you and now could be the time for you to kind of get into the best shape of your life if it was for you and for no one else if that makes any sense yeah i think i mentioned in the guest lecture i did that you couldn't dictate your client's goals they have to come to you with the goals and if someone comes to you with a ridiculous goal you can guide them to a more appropriate goal but ultimately it's your client's choice as to what they want to do um you're just sort of the facilitator of their goals and while you can say mm, i don't think that right now is the best time for that so i have a muscle gain client and i had to kind of go back to him and be like so right now i know your goal is muscle gain but you're probably you're doing home workouts and yes you have a kid who you're doing squats with but she's probably not heavy enough to elicit that much stimulus so for now do you want to drop back into a little bit of a fat loss phase and just maintain muscle um we can have like a bit of a tidy up so to speak of your physique get you a little bit leaner and then then we jump back into muscle gain when this is all over and he's like yeah i kind of want to do some running as well amazing let's do some running you you have to shift the goalposts and you can start building behaviors now while you have the time to do it and the time to consciously think about it instead of rushing from one thing to the next that you can transfer back into your like real life once you get back there yeah i think yeah yeah i think like the one i keep going back to is kind of people always say they haven't got enough time to cook mm. when they're working their busy lives now could be the time to kind of look up recipes like uh, i think it's the good food recipes up on bbc have amazing mm. baking i got i got clients te- texting me yesterday looking for baking recipes um it was one of their daughter's birthdays so they were looking to bake something that was going to be with potentially within their calories it's like it's her birthday just like do what you want like just just yeah. don't worry about it there's bigger things going on in the world at the minute um but it's it like now is the time to potentially add to your repertoire of your recipe so when things kind of go back up you know on a sunday or whenever you're doing your potential meal prep for the week you'll be able to go right I, I can get this recipe in 10-15 minutes and that could be my lunch on Monday and Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever it may be yeah exactly uh, you just said something that I absolutely love you said there's so many bigger things going on in the world at the minute and that was so when we applied for Mac Nutrition one of the tasks that we had to do was a presentation and it was three tips to improve your health using nutrition and I put as one of my tips um, stop stressing so much about your nutrition because it affects your mental health like you should never trade in your health for weight loss um but yeah it's like there are so many bigger things to stress about at the minute i think this is when like brexit was going on and stuff it's like there's so many bigger things to stress about other than your nutrition so don't let your nutrition stress you out because it shouldn't you should enjoy it and if you don't enjoy it you might need to readdress things slightly yeah and it always comes back to food is there to be used as fuel not to be demonized not to be stigmatized it had, like you have to be able to 
find what works for you and what, what you're able to balance um, and find the moderation and find the sweet point for you. Um, like Charlotte and I, we were talking about chocolate. We enjoy chocolate. Magnums. I wish I could be sponsored by Magnums. It would be awesome. That would uh, be amazing. That would be, be a sweet deal. Um, so Charlotte, what is coming up next for you and how can people apply for coaching if it's the right time for them to, to work with yourself? And I highly recommend it. Charlotte knows her shit like the back of her hand. So yes, I am taking on one-to-one online clients at the moment. Um, so I can either do like monthly ongoing coaching or if some people that just come to me come to me for a one-off consultation because that might be all they need. They just need a bit of a shove in the right direction. Um, so you can find me, or I'll, I'll tell you what's coming up next. Um, hopefully doing some more guest lecturing. I got a really interesting email from a very random university um, that I wasn't expecting to get at all. Um, who asked if I could potentially guest lecture as some professional development and personal development stuff for some of their business students. So I might be, hopefully, guest lecturing for the University of the West Indies, <laughs> as oh, you wow. do. Random. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's so random. And I was like, is this a wind-up? But it's actually not a wind-up, so that's great. Um, hopefully appearing on a few more podcasts. I'm going to start doing more live chats kind of on my Instagram I'm in the process of setting up a bit of a Facebook support group. I'm not sure what form that's going to take yet. Yeah, some kind of potentially weight loss support group. And I'm also writing some exciting stuff. So I may have a little bit more of a lower price pointed service coming out soon. Because I do appreciate that I'm reasonably expensive as a, as a coach. I'm not horrifically expensive, but not as expensive as Martin McDonald as we were discussing earlier. <laughs> that's, that's the extreme. That's the extreme. That's the extreme. Uh, um, yeah, uh, so you can find me on Instagram. I'm at charlotte.f.nutrition. Um, feel free to slide into the DMs. I will see your DM. I'm like, I'm not that famous yet, so uh, you won't get ignored. Or you can drop me an email, and I'm charlottefisher.nutrition at gmail.com. I don't have a website yet. I'm in the process of setting it up. I'm still in the early days of kind of, and as we were chatting about earlier, I'm horrible at the whole branding and marketing stuff. And I, I have no patience for it. So a website will happen when it happens or when I can find somebody to help me set one up. But yeah, it's not top of my priority list at the moment. I will put all the details up on the write-up. So if you are interested in working with Charlotte, Charlotte knows her shit like the back of her hand, like I have said twice now. But like Charlotte does know her stuff. And I was watching lectures with her on the weekend. And some of the information that girl has is just like it's mind-blowing so if you are interested please do kind of give charlotte a follow pop into her dms with no dick pics um just, just no dick pics <laughs> no um and just normal dms and uh pop her message guys thank you uh, thank you so much charlotte for coming on i really really appreciate it i've loved it i love doing podcasts i love getting to chat so that's great um if you guys have enjoyed the episode please do tag charlotte and i up onto your story on instagram um, hope you guys have enjoyed the episode stay safe and I will talk to you very soon thanks again Charlotte thank you